there seems now to be a lot of discussion around mental health, not only for people personally, but also mental health in the workplace. Very topical subject at the moment. There's a lot of discussion now around that. How did I get to be part of that discussion and in particular my connection with Beyond Blue? You're listening to Australia's Tax News Podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 184 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. Nobody among us is immune to mental health issues. It can hit any of us at any time, usually when we least expect it. So we should talk about it. Tim Hoopman of Spin Business Solutions in Sydney is a popular public speaker and also volunteers for Beyond Blue. So perfect to ask for advice. People start talking a lot more about mental health in the workplace now. How did you, Tim, get involved? How did you become part of this conversation? Hello, Heidi. It's a very, very interesting question because what I've experienced myself over the last 20 years and in my um, working life is we are now talking about mental health in the workplace and many years ago we weren't. So it's um, become a very important topic to be speaking about. And I've been fortunate enough to, to be involved in speaking about mental health for two key reasons. One is um, when I sold my business a couple of years ago, I wanted to give back. I had more, some more time on my hands than I had in the past and I wanted to give back. So I um, wanted to do some volunteer work and I had been going to um, the AFL football, the Sydney Swans, and I had seen on a number of occasions Beyond Blue have a stand there. And they were talking about mental health and the importance of it in our life. And so that sparked my attention. So I, I researched Beyond Blue. I liked what they were doing at sporting events. And then I found that this wonderful organization was talking about and helping people with anxiety, depression and suicide prevention. And I wanted to be involved. So part of my journey to that was to become a volunteer with them. That volunteering ended up um, in me becoming a volunteer speaker for them. And I've been doing that for about 18 months. And the reason for that is the second reason that I um, am involved in talking about mental, business mental health or mental health in the workplace and my involvement with Beyond Blue. When I ran my small business, I struggled with anxiety. It took me a long time to realize that, but I did. And so part of my journey and part of the reason that I'm a speaker for Beyond Blue is that I want to help spread the message about um, mental health, the importance of it in your life, just as physical health is important. And also one other thing is to help take away the stigma that often sits around having a discussion about mental health. So when I became a speaker for them, which was about 18 months ago, um, you do training, um, you're briefed, you write a story, and then you allocated speaking events um, by their wonderful team in Melbourne. I think they get, I'm not really sure of the exact number, but they get 
many, many requests from organisations, corporations and businesses around Australia each month for somebody to come to to those organisations and speak about Beyond Blue, speak about mental health and to share their story. So since um, beginning on that journey 18 months ago, I've been doing approximately one, sometimes two speaking events a month on their behalf. Um, they will allocate out to the different speakers around Australia in accordance with the requirements of those associations, organisations or corporations. And that's been incredibly joyous for me and goes back to the original point about wanting to help spread the word about positive mental health and take away the stigma. Do you think mental health is more an issue for small business because they're just a lot more exposed to the up and downs? Heidi, that's a really good point that you raise about small business and the impact of mental health versus perhaps people working in corporations. One of the things for people working in small business, be they either a sole practitioner or working with their own team, is often that they will feel perhaps somewhat more isolated. They won't have support um, people or divisions around them in their business that will help them. Having said that, some people feel very isolated also in corporations. But if we go just go back to small business, I think the area there then is people often struggling with high levels of stress that may form anxiety or depression, but don't really know how to deal with it or what to do because they're very, very busy and they're very consumed with running their practice, their small business, and often they don't have people around to help them. Coming back to larger firms, I think the larger companies and the larger firms have been quite good over the last few years addressing the issue of mental health. When I was working for BHP, there were posters highlighting that there's a phone number you can call. There were posters highlighting that there's a support network you can tap in whenever you need it. You know, there is compassionate leave at the larger firms. I just think there is a much greater support network in larger corporations or in larger firms that a sole practitioner or a small partnership just doesn't have. You're spot on there, but it would depend on the corporation and the organization. I think some of them do it incredibly well. You know, mental health is a key focus. Certainly the um, speaking events that I do for corporations um, on behalf of Beyond Blue, they are really taking mental health in the workplace seriously and therefore they want to have people from Beyond Blue or other organisations come in there and, and share information about mental health, which often is in addition to the work they're doing internally. I remember being at a talk with Beyond Blue and they put up some statistics around the impact of poor mental health in the workplace. And in Australia, they say that one in five employees, poor mental health is likely to affect them and that it costs on average somewhere around $11 billion a year in lost productivity, absenteeism and compensation claims based on poor mental health. So the interesting thing in that is that for large corporations, there's you know very, very high impact. And so lots of them are now taking that very, very seriously and putting in unbelievably um, robust and incredible programs for their employees um, in their business, which is, is great to see. If you flip down to small business, 
Some of them are doing that. Some of them can't afford to, and they're not really sure where to go, even though they understand the importance of good mental health in the workplace. So it is certainly a topic that lots of people are talking about, but it's not that easy for a lot of people in a lot of small business to know what to do or to have the funding. You are a good example, Tim, because I think you didn't actually become aware of mental health being an issue until you had sold Cornerstone. So for well over 10 years, you soldiered on with suffering anxiety, but not even being aware of it. I think that if I, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And if I look back, um, I would do things very, very differently. One of the absolute things I've learned and going off from the comment before about, you know, importance of mental health in the workplace, it doesn't actually cost that much money to do small things. And that's the thing that I have learned now. And that's one of the things that in particular, Beyond Blue and organizations like that, when they're talking about mental health in the workplace and they're talking about small business, they're also saying that there are a lot of small things day to day that you can do differently for yourself and your business that will have a, um, a positive impact and that won't cost a lot of money. Certainly for myself in, in the past, I ignored a lot of signs and I didn't deal with a lot of things. Um, however, now I'm much more informed and um, a much happier person and I'm pleased to understand how small business can do things differently. Hence why I love coming on your programs like yourself, talking about it. I love the work that I privileged enough to do for Beyond Blue to get those messages out because every time I do that, maybe one person or two um, will go away and do something a little differently that will help themselves or help their small business or a family member in small business around them. When you think back to what you would have done differently, would it have been just thinking about it differently or would there have been active steps you would have taken, for example, have engagement letters? There's probably a couple of comments and answers to that question. One is that there was, in looking back, there was a lot of process and systems in place around letters of engagement and being paid and things like that that were in place and very, very helpful. I think that probably the the main thing that I would do differently and certainly what I've learned from understanding more about Beyond Blue and the resources that, I have, that, that are available is I would have seeked out help earlier. And seeking out help could be from a medical point of view, but it could also be from I'm running a small business and it's important that my team are in an environment that takes care of and values good mental health. So what am I going to do in that, in my environment to make it easier and better for them to, uh, to operate? And I think the thing around that is that there are lots of resources. There are lots of information available and when you have a look around. And I didn't look around or maybe back then some of the resources weren't available, but now there is a wealth of information and it's great to see a lot of small business already picking up on that and taking advantage and using it and helping them in their um, in their business. Is it possible to say that certain professions are more prone to mental health issues than others? So, for example, I've heard that dentists tend to have a poor mental health record. Is it possible to say that or is that a misconception? To be honest, I don't know the statistics on that. 
I have heard that definitely some industries are more prone. And I believe from some of the readings that I've done is um, the finance industry is certainly one of those that can be more prone to um, mental health issues. I think also it comes down to the companies, the organisations, the businesses within those industries and their approach to mental health in the workplace, that will have an effect. And I think the more that there is media, organisations, people talking about the importance of good mental health in the workplace, the better it'll be in a number of those, more in those industries. I honestly don't know clear statistics. I just know that one of the things that Beyond Blue talk about is mental health can impact anyone at any stage in their life, any gender, any circumstances. So, you know, potentially from that, you know, we all need to look after our mental health. Yes, because mental health is like bodily health. You need to look after both. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's a real relevant point because often we will talk in conversation with one another. How's your physical health? You've been, you know, people talk about the fact that they're exercising or they're gym people or, you know, they're, you know, they're running in a race or they're doing. So people are openly talking about their physical health. When you start to talk about someone about to someone about their mental health, in the past, I think people have become a bit like, oh, what do you think there's something going on that I'm not aware of or, or, or what's, what caused you to ask that question? So getting rid of all the stigma around that and you know, people being comfortable with you know, things like um, are you okay and how are you feeling and you know, is, I've noticed some changes in your behaviour, is, is something going on? I think those sort of discussions are really, really powerful without you know, confronting someone saying, are you sure your mental health's okay? <laughs> You know, there's different ways of approaching it. I think it's great that it's become much more conversational. Do you think mental health is more of an issue today than in the past? Or are we just more open talking about it? Probably we are more open talking about it. In particular... If you look at the statistics, there are over 2 million people in Australia struggling with anxiety. And of those people, one in three women and one in five men are likely to experience anxiety in their lifetime. That's quite a high statistic. If you look at depression, it's around 1 million people. And of those, about one in six um, women and one in eight men are likely to experience depression in their lifetime. So the interesting thing around the statistics is that there is a lot more discussion now around men speaking about mental health, which is a real positive. But it, as the statistics are saying, it affects anyone at any stage in their life. So I think there's a lot more discussion around it. It was probably as prevalent in the past. People just didn't talk about it. Men certainly didn't um, because it was seen as a weakness. Me personally, when I was working in corporate, I wouldn't have spoken to anyone about, you know, really my mental health because I would have seen that perhaps someone would think that's a weakness and I'm not up for the job. Do you think men are less likely to seek help for mental health issues? I can only go on my experience in the past for me personally. And when I was struggling with high levels of stress and anxiety and I didn't really know what was going on with me, uh, I just thought it was the struggles of running a small business. I think um, the interesting thing there is in some ways I probably didn't want to admit that I you know, was struggling with my own mental health because I did see it personally as a weakness. 
And part of the thing that I had to do was kind of really own up to that. And as soon as I was able to own up to it, um, I was able to go and get help and change my life. I think, so I can't speak for other men, but I, I think a lot in the past it's, it's been seen as a weakness, potentially. I, I like what is happening in the media where there is a lot more discussion around, um, you know, men and women and people who are struggling with um, mental health that are standing up and being open about it. When I was running, when I was in corporate, I certainly wasn't talking about any mental health challenges that I was having, nor would I have, because I would have seen it as a weakness of mine and therefore not something to talk to my manager about. I was very wrong in those situations. I certainly would um, have a much different approach now. Even in my small business, I wanted to be seen as someone that was successful and strong. And so therefore, I didn't want to own up to anything around anxiety or depression or any mental health issues because, um, as I've always said in the past to other people, that didn't belong to me, that belonged to somebody else. And I was very, very wrong in that. And until such times as I owned it, I couldn't go and seek um, the help that I needed. One of the interesting observations I've made in doing the talks for Beyond Blue at different organisations and corporations is there's a real power that comes when the leader of that organisation, no matter who they are, stands up and not only supports what the organisation's doing, but shares their struggle and how it might have impacted them in their lives. Because once somebody shares a situation like that, it can become quite powerful and quite real to other people. And therefore, in organisations, when these leaders are doing that, I think that's a very, very good thing because it shows that the organisation is very serious about it and it values each and every person in that organisation. When you spoke about your time in corporate and how you didn't speak to your boss about the struggles you faced, I do think that even with if you went back now with what you know now, I don't think you would have been able to talk to him because the environment was different. If you had spoken to somebody 10 years ago in a corporate environment about your mental health issues, I do think it would have immediately killed any career prospects. I can imagine there's still some truth to that now, but I can also imagine it has improved a lot. It's definitely improved a lot. So if I, if I could go back, the corporation that I worked for was actually... It was an absolutely wonderful organization and I think it was my issue and I think that if I had spoken about um, at that time some challenges I was having, my manager and the corporation and the business would have been incredibly supportive. But it was in, in my mind that it wasn't the right thing to do. Yes, you know, 10, 15 years ago it was somewhat different But I think I, in a lot of ways, created that myself and I wish I had said something. However, hindsight's a wonderful thing and we don't always do that, but at least there's a lot more discussion and a lot more companies being a lot more open about it now. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Is it fair to say that mental health is not an all or nothing state? We all have a mental health and we all go up and down on a scale. We all have good days and bad days. We all have days where we feel on top of the world and days where we definitely don't. 
how do you tell when you slip out of this healthy range? Okay, so that's a, you bring up a really, really interesting point because, again, through Beyond, my learnings from Beyond Blue is that they have a really, really great chart that they put up and that it is a, a thick line with an arrow at each end, one pointing um, the opposite direction to the other. So, and they clearly state that if you're understanding your mental health, it is not a static state. It's actually, as they talk about, a continuum. And I, that was a revelation when I learned that because I was always kind of putting mental health into a box. It's either you've got it or you don't. But it's absolutely a continuum according to information that they put out, which is a really great insight. And it goes from positive healthy and functioning to severe impacts on everyday functioning. So it is a continuum. And I think that it's great that people also now talk about the mental health continuum and, you know, it'll vary for you, it'll vary for me, you know, during our lifetime on a daily basis, it, it can change. You know, we live in a very stressful world, which we need to be able to manage stress. It's just when that continuum starts to move towards the, to the other end where it severely impacts on our everyday functioning. So I think that that's really, that was a real aha moment for me when I learned that. And I love talking to other people about, you know, mental health is a continuum. It's not a static state. And you might, in your lifetime, move up and down that, you know, as you go about your everyday so I think that's I think it's a great thing. We all go through good patches and rough patches, but how do you tell whether you slip out of the healthy range? That's another great question, and I can all I can tell you for is what I've learned. What I've learned now over the last couple of years is to understand what my triggers are that will set me on a path that will move me out of the positive, healthy, functioning range of mental health. And I, I've got probably three or four key triggers. I'll give um, two to you. One of them is, and one of them is business related. And this goes a little bit back to our discussion that we had on letters of engagement and being paid. If I go into an engagement with a client and we don't agree up front everything, including the method of payment and the direct debit arrangement, that will be a trigger for me. When I'm doing work and I'm unsure of when I'm going to get paid, that's a trigger for me and I start to slide out of positive health and functioning. That's just something for me personally. Other people may go, well, that's silly, doesn't affect me at all. That's absolutely fine. But that's certainly something for me. The second um, one that I'll share with you is exercise. If I stop exercising, it has a high impact on my mental health in a negative connotation because I need to exercise. And in my case, I love to swim and I love to run. Those are important to me because it helps me keep a healthy mental approach to things. But I can imagine that is quite common. I can imagine exercise, healthy diet, healthy weight, do link to healthy mental health for most. Yeah, when you look at all the research, um, one of the things they always speak about is exercise. And that was something um, that was clearly stated to me when um, I went to my medical, medical practitioner. Start getting back to the exercise that you used to be at. And that will be one of a number of things that will um, help you manage your anxiety. So it definitely is. I've just learned that it has a high importance to me in my lifestyle. So it'll have a different 
level for different people. Back to your question, it's really important that people understand their, the triggers in their life that could set them on a path that takes them out of you know, positive, healthy, functioning mental health. And I know if I'm not exercising, how quickly things can change. Is Beyond Blue just an awareness campaign or do they also run programs or therapy groups? The main thing that they offer is support around anxiety, depression and suicide prevention. They have a 1300 number or 1800 number, 1300 number, 1300 line that's manned 24-7 with clinical um, staff that can talk to you. They have a lot of online resources and information that's available. In particular, they also support headsup.org.au, which has a lot of information for small business operators. They're about to launch a whole wealth of resources aimed at um, not only small business owners, but also intermediaries that work with small business owners. So they provide a lot of resources around that. I didn't know they had a 24-7 phone line. I knew of Lifeline. But I didn't know of the Beyond Blue phone support. Absolutely. And that's a really important number to remember for people that need support. Um, they have online chat. They have lots of the, the more I spend time with Beyond Blue, the more I understand how much wonderful information they have. So, again, back to why I volunteer, because if I can go out and tell another two or three people about that each and every time I speak, then um, that's helping somebody else. Are there some general tips about how to look after your mental health? So not just for work, but also for, you know, for life in general. I think it's a very good question because often we um, talk a lot about mental health, but then people go away and go, well, what do I really need to do? How can I manage things a little differently? So I'll give you um, just a couple of different thoughts in a couple of different areas. So we'll start with the work. Clearly, boundaries are important. You know, boundaries around working hours and emails and, you know, all of those sort of things. That's I think that that's really important. And, and certainly a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about in terms of these looking um, tips for looking after your mental health have clearly been published by Beyond Blue. So I'm, I'm taking their lead. But certainly for work, you know, having some boundaries and limiting working hours, it's really important to take time out, holiday, you know, long weekends, different things like that. A lot of the reasons that people got into into their own small business to be their own boss is to be in control. So if you're going to be, make sure you take your holidays and look after yourself and take that time to unwind and relax. It's okay to say no. No can be a quite justifiable answer to a question. And sometimes we all try and help everybody and sometimes the answer is just no. So there's probably some some couple of little tips there about you know, taking time out of the business, set some, you know, boundaries and working hours on email and things like that and not taking work home. And then sometimes it's okay to say no. If you think about our social relationships, it's really important to spend time with the people that are important to you. That's family or if it's friends or whoever it is, broader social network. It's really important to be social. I've found belonging to clubs in the past, like triathlon clubs, I now find volunteering for Beyond Blue a great social um, relationships that I can be involved in that, you know, 
pay me back um, a lot. In our lifestyle, you know, I talk, we've talked a bit before about exercise, how important that is. And everyone you talk to that's ever talking about um, mental health talks about exercise or taking time to just be, you know, look after your mind, you know, mindfulness, yoga, do whatever it is that's important to you, some gardening. And sleep is really important as well. And I suppose if you think about the work side of it, not working really late hours and then trying to go to bed and then getting limited sleep. It's about having boundaries around that and getting some good quality sleep. And then the final one is around our thoughts because they have such a big impact on them, on ourselves and often on our subconscious that we don't know about it. So um, you really need to do your best to think positively about situations and, and to take a positive approach and to try as best you can to restrict the negative thoughts or the negative self-doubt can be quite difficult. And if it is consistent, then people really need to seek help. But try and be positive and have a smile on your face and, you know, get up in the morning and I often get up in the morning and go to the beach and feel incredibly grateful for the life I have. And that'll sometimes set me off on a day that turns out to be way better than I thought. So there's a few little tips. There's a lot of information online, Beyond Blue, um, headsup.org, have a lot of information on that, very, very similar. So yeah, encourage people to go and um, have a look at some of the things they can do to look after their mental health. In my experience running a small business, so either as a sole practitioner or in case of having a team, first and foremost, you need to look after yourself. Some people might say that's a selfish approach, but when you are fit, healthy, you know, energized about running your business, you can then help other people and then you can do the best you possibly can in your business. So one of the key messages um, is start with yourself and make sure you're looking after yourself because then you can look after other people. Yeah, it's like in the plane. You first put the oxygen mask on yourself and then you look after everybody else. Absolutely. Then you help everybody and then you help people around you, your, your child you're traveling with, whoever it is. Um, and the second part would be back to the triggers. Really understand in your life what are your triggers and then work really hard to understand, not only understand them, but to do things that don't set off those triggers. My case was exercise, making sure I exercise regularly and making sure I get paid on time. So those are the two points for me that I would like to leave people with. Look after yourself and then you'll be in a great position to look after other people. And if you do need help, seek help early. There are people and there are resources out there that will help you. And the earlier you seek help, the better it will be. Um, and then the second point was around the triggers. Understand your trigger points. Welcome back. I found this episode quite difficult to make since I know so little about it. Talking about CGT discounts is a lot easier than talking about mental health. But hopefully Tim has encouraged all of us to be more mindful of mental health, our own as well as others, and to reach out. We need to look after each other. After the interview, Tim made some very good comments that I would like to share with you. It is a tricky subject to talk about because even for me, tiptoeing through that, I'm very cautious because... You know, we're talking about, you know, medical things. And so you've got to be careful. What's my example of that? And then 
because it's all different to other to different people. And you can have a discussion with the next person and they'll have a completely different approach if they want to talk about their mental health. And then finally, it's um, it still is tricky talking to people about this subject in terms of I don't think that person's coping very well. Welcome back. In the next episode, episode 185, Liam Short of Orante in Castle Hill will talk about SMSF investment strategies. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.